Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Creators Outlet Podcast. Tonight, our special guests are Tanner Hurley and Brandon from Dismay Comics. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. (laughs) So, Tanner, I met you uh, off of Facebook. And uh, Brandon, I ended up connecting with on Facebook, but we actually met on TikTok of all places. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get hip with the kids, finding other marketing kids, outlets and stuff. Yeah, you're not the only one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> <laughs> it's been many a moon since I was a kid. In fact, I'm going to be 53 on Monday. Yeah, I'm still alive. Heck yeah. <laughs> My daughter I'm right behind me, you. I thought you were going to be better at history, Dad. I mean, you were born in the 1900s. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to die in the 2020s. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get that a lot when I was in the service. Uh, I've only been retired for a little over a year now. And, uh, man, my soldiers, they were terrible. They're like, yeah, go talk to Sergeant Hurley. He, uh, 
you know, he was there in the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's terrible. Did you get anything good? Any good medals from the Civil War? Um, Yeah, yeah. You you were on the winning side, I I was on the winning side. That damn straight, yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I grew up in Michigan. I got the, uh, you know, got my, my dirty D here. Got to support. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's better to be from there than uh, be voting for your governor, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm settled down in Georgia. So, I mean, if that tells you anything. <laughs> well. well. It's just, it's it's nicer here. <laughs> uh, I know. I got a, I got a friend down there. Uh, he's from uh, Hazelhurst. Okay. And uh, him and I do a do a show. We're gonna start it back up after the first of the year called OK Boomer. Oh, nice. And we we hit we hit the virtual spinner rack, and we get we get a book from gold and silver, bronze, copper age, and we'll we'll read it during the week, and then we'll go through it and talk about it on the show. Nice. And it's just an excuse for us to hang out. And have our wives leave us alone for about an hour. And <laughs> that usually doesn't work. His wife's always yelling, next week, read My Little Pony. I'm like, no, my daughter reads My Little Pony. <laughs> She's 14. She still loves My Little Pony. Y'all should read hey. that Transformers My Little Pony crossover. I, I've read I think, it. My, my buddy was a big fan of it. You know? <laughs> I think He's I like, actually you have like, the first issue. <laughs> and, and and I'm not saying that in a joking sense because I do want to read that because of how absurd it is. Like if it's a crazy crossover concept like that, it's like I it's, gotta check it out. It's worth a read. I'm gonna tell you what. Like I, I went into it skeptical, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I actually like this. Because <laughs> like yeah. I said, I like the absurd. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went in skeptical to. Uh... To two things I really love, which is the Green Lanterns and the Planet of the Apes crossover. <laughs> they did a Green Lantern Planet of the Apes crossover. Yes, that. sir. Wow, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the all the monkeys got power rings. It was crazy. <laughs> That's insane. I, when I, did this come out? Um, probably about ten years ago. Okay. Okay. So, so around the time yeah. when they started doing the new trilogy for Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Okay. They uh oh. they uh did a bunch of like Star Trek Doctor Who crossovers. Um they did a a bunch I collected like all the TOS ones because I love the original series because I'm old. And uh, and I fought in the Civil War too. Mm. Uh, but they 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 did a they did a few that were like really good. They did a uh, a TOS Star Trek crossover in the Legion of Superheroes. Oh wow! I bet that was good. Yeah, that, so that actually seems very fitting. They took um one of the villains from Legion of Superheroes. That was basically a mortal, like a Vandal Savage. Okay. And they crossed him over with uh, 
the old the the actual immortal guy that just kept making like robots of the girl Reina that okay. Kirk and Spock encountered on a planet. It turns out he was like all these people through history. <laughs> um and then got got sick of you know all the wars and and fighting on the planet and took off for deep space and never turned back. <laughs> so they combined like the both of them. So cool. the Legionnaires would see their villain and the Star Trek cast would see their villain, but it was the same, it was actually the same person, yeah. kind of like an amalgam. So it was kind okay. of so Tanner, when did you first fall in love with comic books? Oh man. Um you know, my my dad gave me a uh an old uh, Charleston horror comic along with um I, I had a bunch of like Disney ones and everything too mm -hmm. the old the old uh Gladstones. Glad Gladstones, yep. Yeah. And uh Carl Barks. <laughs> um, yeah. Classics. Yeah, yeah. So I, I learned a lot of uh you know, like uh, how to, how to animate and story and stuff like that from him. Um, I had a Voltron comic, and then uh, I didn't get into like like Marvel and DC and all that kind of stuff until um, well, the Punisher. It was a Mike Barron Punisher comic, and uh, you know, I'll never forget. You know, my mom's at a at a store. And, you know, she's looking at magazines and I see I'm looking at the spinner rack and I was like, can I get this one? And, you know, the Punisher's on there with a couple of Uzis and he's only lit by the, the muzzle flash of, you know, the barrel and everything. And, and, uh, and, and she's just like, yeah, sure. That's fine. You know, get it for you. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, feeling like I got over and everything. <laughs> So that's going to lead me to a follow-up question. Uh, did you get any G1 Transformers when you were a kid? And if you did, did your mother allow you to get Megatron that was the gun? Um, Actually, uh, I, I did, but uh, I, I never had Megatron. Um, I, I had Soundwave, but I never had Mag Megatron. Oh, um, not until recently, like uh, last couple years, my friend actually got me uh megatron <laughs> you know? yeah. i i hear a lot of stories about kids wanting megatron so bad when it first hit the store shelves and then <laughs> you know if the father had taken them yeah they got it it's gone <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if the mother was there and she flipped the package around and sees that the, this toy turns into a gun oh no you can't have you know, I, I was really more into uh, the cars. If it was a car or, you know, a vehicle, mm -hmm. um, it just, uh, I liked it that much more. I, I had a big, like, um, Hot Wheel collection. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, probably why I'm a car guy today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sold, I sold my collection of those, but I was, I was big into the Matchbox cars. Okay. Because we had a small department store out here called Benny's that was like locally owned that just went under because the grandkids didn't care about it because they they had already received the wealth from the stores. So mm -hmm. they they didn't want to do any work to keep the stores going. Oh, so they went out of business and sold all their property. But 
when I was a kid, we used to, you could buy everything there. You would go there, get your fishing license. You'd buy your fishing gear there every year. Uh, you'd get a new bike there every year. Um, and like odds and ends for the house, cleaning supplies, anything you needed to like change the oil in your car, tires, any like, you know, regular automotive stuff that you could get at like any store. And uh, they had, they had, uh, they used to carry the old Ben Cooper Halloween costumes. Oh man. I was Batman every year. <laughs> um, hey, dress for the job you want, right? <laughs> exactly. I didn't get it, but you know, it's, it's all well and fine now, I guess. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the millions of dollars to buy a Batmobile either. So. Um, and they, they had, they had a big spinner in the store with the Matchbox display. With, nice. with the numbers, and they were only 99 cents back then. They're like $10 now or something crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, whenever my mom would go there to get something, uh, she'd be like, you bring your money with you? Yeah, I got a dollar. Okay, well, here's the change for the tax. I'm like, yeah, tax, yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd pick out like a new Matchbox car. I ended up with like seven carrying cases and I sold them to a friend's father um, for a good amount of money. Cause I had some antique ones in there from the fifties and sixties. Oh, wow. With all the pieces. And uh, it was supposed to go to fix my car. Instead. Uh, I was the founder of the feast. That's right. We had a kegger. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you got to do without the car? I go, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Hail Hex Allen Comics. And what about you, Brent? Hello. What what got you into comics? Uh when I was like seven or eight, uh my mom used to like go in yard selling and stuff. And I would go with her and okay. there's a huge shoe box full of comics at this one yard sale. And it was like ten bucks. There's a whole bunch of like seventies and eighties, uh DC Marvel, some random stuff like not image but like the underground indie stuff from like the 80s and stuff like that and there mm -hmm. but the stuff i remember from it was like random issues of amazing spider-man from 70s and 80s random issues of adventures of superman from 70s and 80s and even though it's that's one thing is like that random shoebox is what got me into reading comics and i think stuff like that is like good starting out for kids where it's just a random issue in the story. It's not number one. It's not number one in the story mm -hmm. or, or of the, the comic or whatever. It's issue 493 of Adventures of Superman, which is part seven of a 20-part story or whatever. And like you have not a lot of context as to where the story is at that time. But this is your first time reading a comic. So it's like, holy crap, like this is awesome. Um and so that shoebox at that yard sale is what kind of got me into comics. And then actually picking up monthly comics started when uh, DC's New 52 started. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Up... <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. It's, it's like there are a lot of misses when it comes to New 52, but there are a lot of hits. I'm not going to say Scott Snyder's Batman was a hit. I used to like it back then. Now... I don't like it as much, but Scott Snyder's Batman is what got me into buying monthly. 
Yeah. Um, but looking back and going through some new 52 stuff, there's like some really good books. There's some not so good books, but there's some really good stuff. Like they did a Nightwing book called Grayson where Dick Grayson is basically James Bond. And yeah. It's really freaking good. Um, so there's like hidden gems here and there in new 52. Yeah. I, I kind of, I got them all. That's right. I bought everything. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair now. I got sick back in 2016. Died on the operating table. Jeez. Uh, heaven didn't want me, and hell was afraid I was going to take over, so here I am. <laughs> uh, they, they put me in a medical coma, and I woke up a couple months later, and uh, now I'm back on the outside looking in again. And uh, But at the time, I got all of them because if – there was a poster child for comic book FOMO, fear of missing out. That would be me. <laughs> uh, I had, well, I still have the table. I have like an eight foot long table because I used to be a DJ. So I used to do weddings and I bought this to do a couple of weddings for friends. And this foldable eight foot long table. Um looked like it was set up to bring in this week's order from you know diamond back when diamond used to still sell comics <laughs> dig uh so i would i would buy my books like every week bring them home and i would stack them up put them in stacks they were in stacks like three or four feet high and they covered the entire tabletop Wow. Then, then I had to bring another table upstairs to the bedroom and I had I had kind of like a, a short angle down walk-in closet and uh, I put another table in there and that was full of comics and the boxes when they filled up would go underneath that table and uh, when I got sick and they had to pack up my place uh, they had to pack up about a year and a half's worth of books that I never got to read. So the when I read them, I would bag and board them as I read them, but they had to pack up all these books that I never read, so none of them were bagged and boarded. <laughs> so I was in the horrors that I'm, you know, as I'm going through boxes now, because I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff, uh, I'm go and even oh, some stuff- Oh, Even if, I know, right? <laughs> even some stuff I'm keeping, I'm like, on, uh, for Christmas, uh, can you go on Amazon and buy me a comic book press? I'll tell you what size. <laughs> I go, because if I ruin my own stuff, I don't care. But once I can practice enough and do it good, I go, oh, I can get a side hustle. Okay, awesome. Um, but I'm like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I want <laughs> that I'm keeping is like uh, like the early Jim Ballant Catwoman stuff. Because he'll sign for free. It looks like Tanner froze. Oh, yeah. I told him if he just, you know, kept that silly look on his face, it would just freeze like that. <laughs> so, you get into comics like that, which is a good way to get into comics. That's how I got into comics. Because, you know, back in the 70s, we just had, like, you know, you had the spinner racks and 
like the local pharmacy stores and there might be like a little bit like in the drugstore in the uh in the supermarkets yeah you, you picked up whatever issue was out then because i mean like the the trades weren't really a thing at that yeah. time so you oh, couldn't no. pick up trades so you just picked up whatever was available and at that time 70s there's back issues but it's not as there's oh, not a comic shop <laughs> <laughs> at that time there's not a comic shop like full of back issues where it's like oh i'm gonna find the the past five issues of the story i've been reading mm -hmm. so yeah at that time you're just picking up whatever's on that rack yeah um so at the top of our street there was a uh back before cvs bought everybody out and made pharmacy a dirty word um <laughs> We can't call your doctor right now to refill your prescription. We're too busy giving government COVID shots. Um, <laughs> whoops. Oh, good thing I'm not monetized. That would have just gotten me demonetized. <laughs> oh, well. Here I come, Rumble. Um, actually, we're already on Rumble. Um, but I used to go there. It was Merlin's Pharmacy. Uh, there was a couple that owned it, and their whole family worked at the store. And... Uh, my mom would go in there because she had to get the Sunday paper every morning for the coupons. And I would I would finally get to read, you know, a Spider-Man strip in color because it was Sunday. And uh, and a few up in peanuts and a few other things. And then I would get to go to the spinner rack in the middle of the store. And my mother would let me pick out one book. So one week I picked out what ended up being my favorite team book ever, which was Legion of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Back in the 70s, it was because they could do a lot of stuff in the 70s that they don't dare do now. Oh, yeah. You know, was that the uh, the old Mike Grell ones? Mm hmm. Nice. I've even got I've even got both Treasury editions of Legion of Superheroes. Oh, hell yeah. And I got to meet Mike Grell back in 2019. I didn't bring anything from design. I just wanted to thank him for all the cool stuff and brag that I had just uh, bought his entire first run from first comics of uh, oh. John Sable freelance for 20 bucks. Oh man. <laughs> nice. I think it's missing like five issues, but that's it. That's not bad. And I'm like, I go, Oh yeah. I forget how thin these books used to be. <laughs> Independence goes, well, we would have made them longer, but we couldn't afford to print them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, good stuff like that. And friends of mine that lived further down the road, further down the main street than me, had a pharmacy called Ben Franklin's. Now, Ben Franklin's got all the good Marvel books. Uh, I never heard of the X-Men until I was like 16. Um, Fantastic Four, I knew just from the cartoons. Um, but they got like Fantastic Four and uh, Man Thing, and you know, oh man, you know every everything Marvel. Ben Franklin's got, and DC this and Merlin's got like a mix. So they would get like Amazing Spider-Man, Spe Peter Parker, Spectacular when it came out. Uh, I bought like the first six issues of that right off the spinner rack at 35 cents a piece. I just bought issue four 
on a sale the other week. Uh, cost me 10 bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Uh, and I discovered uh, new Teen Titans there. Uh, I discovered... Uh, Got love, George Perez. Oh, George Perez. R.I.P. Yeah, I, right? I did, uh, two years ago, get a print out of his personal portfolio. Oh, of, man. Of the artwork of the new Teen Titans volume, whatever it was, the, the Baxter editions. Okay. So that first issue where it's got like Raven Shadow going across it and Starfire and, and Night uh, Robin, because not Nightwing yet. Uh, it might have been Nightwing at that point. I had to whip it out and look at it. Um, Jericho, who was my favorite Titan, because he had the coolest power. You could just jump in your body and make you do stupid stuff. <laughs> uh, kind of like Dead Man, but different. Yeah. Um, but I got that cover, like the print of that cover, just the art, signed by both George and Marv. Oh, nice. At the bottom. And that that's, you know, it's in a top loader, uh, ready to get slid into my uh, my display wall once I get the J-Locks up. I got an autographed copy of uh, Sashes and Violence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So that, that's, that's my only uh, George Perez. Well, that, I think so. Maybe. I got all the newer stuff. I don't have anything like Teen Titans or anything signed. <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten older Teen Titans issue. I think like issue six or seven uh, signed, but it wasn't it wasn't signed by George. It was just signed by Marv. Nice. Writers. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. That's crazy writers. <laughs> yeah. So, Tanner has got a book that is launching on Kickstarter in 14 days in X amount of hours. It'll tell you right there at the uh, on the page. We will put the the link for that in the chat. Thank you, thank you. So people can get in on the sign up because sign up pages are sign up now are very important because. By the time this book launches, you're going to forget all about this book. Because, <laughs> you know, ooh, shiny! And it'll be gone. But we will give you a, a sneak peek. There's no video up there yet. That's probably being saved for the campaign page. Yep, being being less left for the campaign. <laughs> and But we will take a look at the art on the cover. Here we go. Electric agent of helix. Oh yeah. Beautiful artwork by Benjamin Sanchez and colors by Ivy Gladstone. Oh nice. What yeah. are like uh, some of the influences of the series when you were creating it? Oh man, I'm telling you, like uh, it, it's a hodgepodge of 
like uh, war magazines, uh, heavy metal, and then a little bit of like Saturday morning cartoons. Um, so the idea when I came up with it, uh, is I wanted to have, you know, two, you know, bad mamma jamma girls and, you know, the book would be called double helix, which will be coming out next year. But I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to do, you know, like a 32, 24 page, 32 page, uh, anthology. And, you know, my first, first book was Ren Intergalactic Mercenary, and it had four stories in it. And then this one, I was like, well, then I'll have Electric Agent of Helix, and it'll have three stories. And it basically shows the, the villains that uh, will, will occupy this universe that they kind of exist in. And they work for the Helix Agency. So, I mean, they do everything from, you know military contracts to uh, assassinations rescue attempts mercenary i mean just what whatever whatever they get hired to do you know they'll go out there and they'll they'll do it usually there's some sort of uh major villain that's kind of involved with it so you know like i said it's kind of like roger corman meets saturday morning cartoons is what i've been telling people <laughs> But Electric, she's actually, she's the idea behind her is she's an energy succubus. So she can drain, you know, energy and then project it into the hilts. And that's why she's got like these wild whip type sword thingies. <laughs> you know, she's, it's chaos energy from the energy that she drains. And so that's, that's her power. So the more energy she drains, the crazier the hilts can be. Yeah, yeah, just it's, nice. I, I like the idea of it being something a little bit different. You know, it wasn't quite a whip, but the idea was it to, you know, for it to be a sword, but I just like the idea of it being like unstable as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that, that's where, where she came from. Nice. So I looked at this image, and what I saw was the that stood out first was the name and automatically made me think of the old sci-fi series back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s from DC called Electric Warrior. Man, I don't remember that one. It was cool as hell. You can probably get the trade at Ollie's for like eight bucks if, if they oh, carry it. Um, it, was, it was a cool, like, like really rad sci-fi, almost kind of like a RoboCop warrior before RoboCup. Oh, wow. So it made me think of that. Uh, then, of course, I look at her, and I'm like, oh, look. It's scantily clad robe. <laughs> See, when you, said, when you said a second ago, like, I noticed the title. I was like, was that the first thing you noticed was the title? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't the first thing I noticed. <laughs> like... Wow, Rogue really got a little thick in the thigh. She must not want to listen to this area. <laughs> hey, Doc. Man, Will, you really are scraping the bottom of the barrel having that Tanner guy on your show. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Gosh. I know, but, you know, you got to give him a break once in a while, right? <laughs> it's, my Doc, big, it's my big break, man. It's my big break. <laughs> Doc's going to have me on once we get stuff set up. Uh, one of these days, he's going to teach me how to paint. <laughs> Heck yeah. I, I bought all the stuff. 
I, I got everything. I even I even got the little wooden thing that holds the paint thing up. See, I know all the words. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw that, and then I then I saw the swords, and I'm like, "Ooh, she's got two sun swords from uh, that Saturday morning cartoon." Yeah, <laughs> the, the one that. When, let's mix Star Wars and Conan together and see what we get. What was that? Not not Brave Star. No, Black no. Star. No, Black Star was a different one. There were so many that were like almost identical. Oh man, Herculoids. Um, nope, not the Herculoids. Yeah. Although I do have one of the Toonami toys from the Herculoids. Thundar. Thunder the Barbarian. Yeah, that's yes. what it was. <laughs> Demon dogs. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Thunder, Ukla the Mock, you know, Chewbacca, uh, and uh, Ariel. The that's right. The, the sorceress with the head on her shoulders. That could just <laughs> kind of like shake her head and roll her eyes at both these fools. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, then I saw then I saw the monsters coming through, and I'm like, I was thinking like a, a little heavy metal stuff. Heck yeah, Thundar was awesome. Yes, he was. Yes, I agree, Doc. Thundar was awesome. Yep, we're gonna paint one of these days. I even rented a storage unit in the building so I can move some of my. Uh, my cool stuff out of the way. The hilt of the energy sword was always too small. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little tiny thing that magnetized to his wristband and then came off and was big. I'm like, I never got that. <laughs> but I still wanted one. Right. Looked like it was the size of a big layer. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not saying that in the in in the far future when the planet is falling apart that uh, you know the heroes won't need a big lighter to uh, smoke a fatty or yeah, you know something. You know, yeah, and and, and Thundar's sword was it's more of a grower than a shower. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> touche. touche. <laughs> He got he got he always got nervous around Ariel and got a little shrinkage going on. <laughs> I never said that word. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it, it's on the size that matters, right? Yeah. So you're going to have the team book, which is going to be the ongoing book for this. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one is going to launch in 14 days on Kickstarter. Uh, the link is in the chat. And do you have a map set out for like how many issues you want to do of Agents of Helix? It, it's uh, in, until I can't draw anymore. I just want to keep pumping them out and doing as many as I can. Um, you know, there's, there's so many story ideas. I think it goes back to what, you know, Brandon was saying, you know, I, I want random stories. I like threads, you know, mm -hmm. um, I like things, you know, the, the co continuity, that's the word I'm looking for. I like continuity. And, uh, 
you know, I'll just I'll, I'll throw some things in there, and then like a good Chris Claremont book, you know, maybe I'll I'll you know sum it up on issue ten, you know, and then I'll start another thread, and we'll just keep it going because I think picking up those random books, just like you said, Brandon, are that that's half the fun I think with oh. comics. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, Stan Lee would always say it like someone's this random issue of whatever is someone's first comic. Like every mm-hmm. comic is someone's first comic. And I, I don't always agree with stuff Stanley did or said, but I do like that aspect of, yeah, like this comic or that comic likely is one person's first comic. So it doesn't, you don't have to like have a five page synopsis of everything that happened before. Like it's all typed out and you got to read that to, figure out what's going on now but um yeah like like starting the story even it's continuing the the previous few issues but i haven't read the previous few issues but i can still jump in and read it even without that context Mm -hmm. i I like that a lot with with the marvel way of things back then yeah i i think the one thing that stood out to me that stanley said that i didn't agree with is when I got to the front of the line at Comic-Con, he told me it was $150. <laughs> I go, I do not agree with that. Was that uh, just for the signature? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was because I wanted it, like, uh, personalized. Oh, wow. I go, 150 because I want it personalized, but regularly it's 125 I'm like... <laughs> Shouldn't it be more like 75? Because now you know I'm not going to sell this. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Unless exactly. some other random will guy on eBay is like, oh, if I buy that. Yeah, I, I would think personalized would be cheaper. That, I hate cool. it when people try to sell personalized stuff. Yeah. Like, to John. I was like, well, my name That's is Tanner. Is, I, I, like, I like collecting original comic book art, and I want to get Jeff Bone original comic art. Or not Jeff Bone, Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith, yeah. Bone. I want to get his original comic art, but it's impossible to find. It's where the only thing I can find is a, a drawing he did of Batman and Superman, and it's made out to, like, to Johnny or whatever. It's, like, <laughs> oh, it's, no. the, it's the best thing I can find. I don't want to see his Batman or Superman. I want to have, like, him do the bone characters, but right. I, I know <laughs> the other year when he re-released the uh, the new version of like the complete bone, which is ideal for home defense. Um, it's it's big, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I know. I've got the <laughs> I've got the original soft cover from you know when they first released it. Yeah, uh, and he was releasing limited edition like hard covers, and he was signing them and doing like a tip in plate with like a sketch of bone but it's probably too late for that that was like last christmas i'm sorry i want to ask how easy is it opening that hard cover because the soft cover i don't think it would be that hard i feel like hard cover would be a little bit tough to yeah try to see midway through the book i feel like panels are cut off on the inside or something well it depends how he sized it yeah, true. Um, I oh, would think uh, I still have all the bone figures too. I didn't realize they made figures. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, my LCS was wicked into wicked into the wicked into the bone series. Sadly, not enough into it to tell me about it 
when it first started. Yeah. Uh, I had to, somebody actually put an issue back. They decided they didn't want it anymore. So they put an issue back <laughs> on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, that's surprise. Cool. It's a really good story. I go, cool. I'll take it. Yeah. That person was like, wait a second. I I don't like Lord of the Rings. And now you're giving me a, a, a Lord of the Rings type book. Screw this. Yeah. Walking and more walking. Look, I'm fat and proud of it. Leave me alone. Quit preaching. But I mean, if I look off to the right very carefully, I can I can see it. It's still in the hard shell package it came in. But I nice. can I can look at it and just be stupid, stupid rat creature. <laughs> I even I even have the uh I even bought the they, they did like a, a thorn uh prestige uh four issue mini Yeah, I remember that. I think uh, Charles Vest did some of the covers on it. He did, yeah. Yeah, they were just, he's so good. Oh, absolutely. So, Brandon, tell us about your Kickstarter. Yeah, so uh, currently we have, I'm trying to think exactly, less than 48 hours on this Kickstarter. Um, it's It's been doing pretty good so far. Uh, it's It's been doing a lot better than I, I anticipated. I, I was ready for anything, but I'm, I'm happy to see how far it's gotten. But my, my Kickstarter, for those that don't know, it's Disney Avenue issues one and two. It's a horror anthology series. Um, and very different art styles. And, and they'll be shown in a second, very different art styles. Um, huge influences for me when it comes to writing horror because i like writing any genres but the thing that comes the easiest is horror like if i'm writing like a western or a romance or something and i get like like that that brain fog just like ah oh, like i don't know where to go from here and i still want to write i'm like okay i'll i'll come over and write some horror because it, it just it, i it comes naturally to me and uh, biggest influence is the Twilight Zone. Rod Serling's The Twilight nice. Zone. I absolutely love The Twilight Zone. To me, best anthology show ever. Uh, my, I, I'd probably even say best horror show ever. Um, but it's not just horror, but even though there are the sci-fi episodes and stuff, they have a lot of horror elements in it. So that's why I think the whole show is horror. Um, but that's the biggest influence for me. Um, but with these stories, issue one is 40 pages long. It's a 40 page story. It's all one story. It follows a couple, Ben and Mia, who go on a movie date night to a movie theater on the outskirts of town of where they live. And they haven't really been to this theater before. They haven't didn't even really know it existed. And they go there and it's a huge cineplex, but the parking lot's dead. It's just a dead parking lot, no cars or anything. They go inside. There's two kind of weird, creepy teenage concession girls and a, a kind of shady guy with his hood pulled over in the distance in the lobby. And they're just whispering to each other like any couple in this scenario would, just like, this is kind of weird, like just that type of banter and stuff. And even like whenever they're ordering their their 
the concession stuff and buying the tickets are like, hey, like, you guys have worked here for a while. Like, is this kind of weird? Like, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, we get like tops 10 people at night, but we're still hired. We still get paid. So who cares? So, and it just goes from there. And it's a psychological horror. Like it just, this creepy environment, it just spirals and just gets creepier and weirder. Um, and the first third of that story is all true. It's all based on a, a date night I had back in college with a girl. We went to a movie theater on the outskirts of town. She wanted to see some movie. I was only playing there. Didn't know about the movie theater. And all this weird stuff uh, happened during the date. But then the tension died and we were just freaking ourselves out. Um, and then we just had a, a good time watching whatever movie. But this is kind of like a what if to that. Like what if it went this like psychological horror route? And, and that's basically issue one. Um, with issue one, there's a one page backup story that is kind of a horror comedy. It's only one page. It's called Alternate Reality, where basically take humans and take trees and just switch. And what I mean by that is trees are now sentient, like humanoid walking beings. And humans are like planted in the ground. And trees use humans how we use trees. So trees are like chopping down humans like you chop down trees. Uh, there's a bone yard instead of a lumber yard. There's uh, uh, they're building a tree house, but it's made out of human bones and stuff. Um, oh yeah, this is hilarious. <laughs> there's there's a, a capital protest with a bunch of trees with with signs saying "Save the humans, don't kill the humans," that sort of stuff. Um, it's a short one page comic, but after you get super creeped out by uh, that first movie theater story, you got that one page back up to kind of alleviate some of that tension. So that's issue one. Did the um, trees get accused of being human huggers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those, okay. those, those trees that were protesting. Yes. Okay. And, and, and the last panel is a, a family of trees. Like, like the, the, the nuclear family just at home watching TV. They're watching this Capitol protest on the TV and just having a good time watching TV. And in the fireplace, there's human limbs burning in the fireplace. They're using the human limbs as, as firewood, basically. Um, so yeah, that's the stunk. <laughs> so, so that's issue one. And then issue two is four different stories. It's four different stories, very, very different art styles. Um, it's 60 pages long for all four issues. The first story is called Tolls the Bells. Um, uh, yes, sure. I, I can. Okay. Um, first story is called Tolls the Bells. It is kind of because I love comics. I love manga. I love webtoons. Like there's good stories in all of those those different medias they're they're all yeah. the same but just a little bit different yeah and <clears throat> tolls the bells is very influenced by my love of horror manga uh specifically junji ito junji ito is amazing when it comes to horror manga um and the story is very much influenced by his writing and the art is heavily heavily influenced by 
uh, his art style. And that, that thumbnail right there is from that story. Um, but it basically follows a little boy named Sanjay who has to stay after class one day. He gets detention uh, for causing trouble in class. Has to stay after. He's writing sentences on the board and stuff. And I teachers will not be are a stripper. Do what? I will not be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I will not strip in class. Yeah. Um, and he's doing this, and, and teachers just vanish. Like, they're nowhere to be found. Um, and basically, to without spoiling much, the story is kind of plays on the fear of isolation and darkness. And darkness is used very well because it's a black and white comic. Um, but that's that first story. Second story is Raw Horror, which is very painterly, surreal, atmospheric art style, um, where it follows oh, a military wow. soldier who wakes up in his house, but it feels very unfamiliar. It's this this place that he knows, but it feels very unfamiliar. And things just kind of spiral from there. That's just an eight-page story, um, but it's it's very well done. And then the third story is Destination, which follows a little girl named Jade. She goes to a thrift shop with her mom, and th the mom's like, hey, like, quit bugging me. Look around, basically. Like, there's more dialogue, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. So Jade's looking around, and she finds this mystical musical triangle in the thrift shop, just kind of tucked behind a mirror. And she finds it, and it looks weird. And when she strikes it, she gets sent to another dimension. Uh, not the Beastie Boy song, not another dimension. Another dimension. Not, <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. That that yeah, she doesn't go into a dimension where the Beastie Boys are playing intergalactic. It's not that. Um, but she gets sent into another dimension when she strikes that triangle, and it gets crazy. And each time she strikes the triangle, she gets sent into different dimensions, and it gets crazier and crazier each time kind of worse and worse each time she does it um so that's that one and that one is more like modern contemporary art style but it's more it, it's it's like this is a compliment for it it's like the best looking webtoon like the webtoons that look really good it's that type of art style okay um, and then the last one is acolyte which is a Dr. Seuss art style, like a Dr. Seuss-esque art style. Oh, yeah, so I've seen all, the art for that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, these are all very different art styles. And with this one, it follows a character named Mr. Hinklehorn. That's a Dr. Seuss name right there. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Hinklehorn, who is going about his daily life, but he's taking crap from everyone. Like, he takes crap from the boss at work. He takes crap from people cutting him off in traffic. He takes crap from people in the grocery store. Yes, Uzumaki is a huge influence for Tolls the Bells. Yeah, um, that that's a Junji Ito book. Um, but yeah, with Acolyte, he's taking crap from all this stuff in his life. But all while he's doing that, he just keeps a smile on. He's just like, have a nice day or thank you, sir. And it's like, something's up with Mr. Hinklehorn. This is kind of creepy. What is going on? What's up with Mr. Hinklehorn? And as it progresses, you see like, oh, okay. I see why Mr. Hinklehorn is this, he's acting this way. 
this isn't a spoiler, <laughs> but I want to I want to put out there it's not the obvious. I didn't go the obvious route. He's not a serial killer. Mr. Hank Warren's not a serial killer. I'll go ahead and put that out. Um, but that's all the stories. So issue one, 40 pages, issue two, 60 pages. Uh, very, very different stories. I really like the stories. I'm biased though. I'm the writer. So, <laughs> but the art is absolutely beautiful in every story. Yeah, yeah it looks stunning. Yeah, Hex thank was you. just saying, uh, wow, this is a great looking book. Thank you. Thank you. No, Hex Allen, it's not Hinkle Horny. <laughs> No, his name's Mr. Hinklehorn, and he has a dog named Lou Woo. Basically, another Dr. Seuss type name. Woo Woo! <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's the cover of issue two. Okay, so both these books are black and white. Uh, only, only Tolls the Bells. Tolls the Bells, that one story in issue two is black and white. Oh, okay, so the rest are in color. Yeah, yeah. All all the other stories are in color. Okay. Yeah, and that's the the cover of issue one. Oh, that's cool. Oh, look at you on a date. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and number two. Yeah, that's that's some of the art from Tolls the Bells, and then the next page. I love all the pages of these comics. This page right here with this monster, this creature, it's my favorite page of all of these comics. I love every single page, but it's the one that like hits me each time. I absolutely love it. Who That's runs Bonner Town? <laughs> <laughs> the, the smaller creature in his arms just makes Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And and that's the thing is like it's this big like weirdly muscled, long haired creature, but the one that's talking is the conjoined thing in his hand, and it's conjoined by the guy's nose and stuff. Weird creature design that we made, but it's I really dig it. <laughs> and then this one is raw horror. This is that like painterly one I was talking about. It's with the the military soldier that that wakes up in his house, but it feels very unfamiliar. And the, the next page shows more of like what the panel layout and the lettering kind of looks like, which I really, I know it's a minor thing, but I really like the lettering with one, with this one, because it very much complements the art. The, uh, the way the, the way the lettering's done brings me back to, uh, an old Batman graphic novel, the, uh, Arkham Asylum. Yes, yes, from, that, that uh, was actually when when we were trying to think when we were trying to do the lettering for this, Arkham Asylum was one of the first books we looked at because it had that very very different lettering style, and so that was one of the first books we looked at, kind of one of the first influences, and then uh, uh, Jade Sky who did the art, she sent like ten different possibilities. Um, and we eventually narrowed it down to this one. Nice. Yeah, and this is Destination, the one with the little girl with the alternate dimension traveling uh, musical triangle. And this is the next page is an example of like 
the oh, crazy yeah. stuff she sees in these dimensions. Hit it again. Hit it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where she saw that. Like, okay. I got to get out of here. I'm about to die. There's an evil walking hoo-ha coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the second person that said that. And it's one of those things where like, it wasn't till maybe five months ago, I finally looked at it. And I was like, Oh, we made a vagina monster. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's okay. The next Olympics, uh, they always they always make these stupid looking mascots. Well, the mascots they made for the next Olympic Games look the same. Uh, they're all red, however, so take that as you may. <laughs> just it's just going to be a. Uh, yeah and this is that last one like acolyte that's the first page so the first page feels like a dr seuss story and like the next couple pages feels that way but as it goes along it gets uh creepier and creepier and i didn't want to show too much of the creepiness as it goes along right but uh, guy throws a lit cigarette on his lap thank you sir thank you sir (laughs) may i have another yeah, and these are the pages from uh, issue one, that that movie theater story. There's a, oh, a few pages there. It's it's beautiful. Jade Sky is the artist on this one. It, it's awesome. I like the the first page, which is right after this. It kind of just, I don't know, it feels this, very This right here looks like it's right out of Burton's Gotham City. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and this one, just the the those three panels, like the setup where car is pulling up and you see the headlights kind of going, the rat pops up and it scurries away, all while the cinema lighting in the back, it's flickering and it's flickering on the different letters. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. Jade, just just the detail she's able to to bring onto the page. It's it's amazing. It's Cinema. 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 Cinema, yeah. <laughs> cool car. Yeah, that was definitely not the car I had. I had a... <laughs> uh, it wasn't the car I had either. I had a, I had a 72 Duster. But hey, it was a slant six. So. Tickets sold at concessions. Yeah, and that, that's pretty true to the actual thing. Where it had ribbons basically saying, hey, go inside. We aren't selling it here. Oh, there's me in the hoodie just sitting back. <laughs> uh, you'll have to thank Jade for painting me there. Way skinnier than I am now. <laughs> that yeah, would have been me like in elementary school. But <laughs> the, Those first five pages, it's kind of standard paneling, but as the story goes along, because it is very much a psychological horror, like it Ben is kind of the main character and it's playing with him as it goes along panels get all crazy and stuff. And there's just kind of some examples without spoiling it. Oh yeah. Who's the series for? It's for everyone. Yes. And yeah, that, that t-shirt I absolutely love. This is the first time I'm, I'm doing a t-shirt in a Kickstarter. I've made t-shirts in the past before for my, job job um but uh i i i'm getting one of those t-shirts my sister was like hey that looks really cool get me one i was like okay i'll get you one so maybe she'll pay for it probably not 
So these are the variant <laughs> right. This is the uh, the issue one variant cover. A simple movie night or something more? Question mark. Something more. God, my phone's just going insane. Apparently, everybody else on the planet is streaming as of right now. <laughs> and then this is the issue two variant cover, the street sign, Disney Avenue and stuff. And, and it is influenced by Twilight Zone uh, to the point where on the back I have my own, I, I won't say ripoff, but definitely on every back of Disney Avenue in any, any issue, it says, an unexpected turn brings you down an unknown road. No ordinary horrors are found down this road, only those of dismay. So it's not that classic Rod Serling thing, but it's it's, it's definitely an homage. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an homage. It's that love of everything he did with that show. Hell yeah. And yeah, we, we've already hit uh, these three stretch goals that are listed here. Um, so all physical backers will get these, that creepy bookmark where you can be in the library or on the bus and you have that and someone's going to do a double take because they think someone's staring at them, but it's your book. Um, that that sticker right there. And then that third one we hit recently, it's uh, my first series, which is The Gallows Man, which is best way to describe it, short way to describe it, is take the fun campiness of Adam West's the 1960s Batman show, and then throw in some Quentin Tarantino movie violence. And that's the gallows man. Because <laughs> it's basically in the Batman show, whenever a punch happens, you never see it connect. Right before it connects, it's bam or pow. And then you mm -hmm. see the aftermath, the bad guys on the ground or whatever. So we keep to that where the punch is happening and bam happens. And then the aftermath you have is like, the person, his neck is broken or, or is like knocked out all his teeth and he's bleeding or whatever. So that's like the route there. But we keep like the the fun, campy jokes and stuff that they have and, and the dialogue that they have. So nice. and it's also very much like the world of the gallows man is like very desensitized to violence because um, that's kind of how golden age comics was. It's like we got these superheroes that half of them are like killing people but like in real life there's little kids like i i want to be like him i love i love this guy <laughs> it's like i don't know if i want my five-year-old son to be like him but he this kills world people. is like yeah this well, world only is the like, bad ones <laughs> sure <laughs> this world you have like a, a 1940s radio announcer in it who's like ah oh, gallows man and the noose boy they because Newsboy's his robin equivalent it's okay. like Gallows Man Newsboy. and Newsboy thwarted the dastardly walrus and, and the, the evil jackal. Oh, <laughs> they, they're so great and all this stuff. And I do want to mention the the main villains in this is a Nazi cult that has infiltrated their city. So for how insane Gallows Man and Newsboy are with their brand of justice, they're fighting Nazis. So the ultimate bad guy. Um, and, and they they really dish it out, but anyway, so so that this poster is a cross between Gallows Man and Disney Avenue, and it's Gallows Man and Newsboy in the Scooby Doo and Shaggy pose where Shaggy's holding Scooby and they're scared, mm -hmm. and it, they're surrounded by all the people and creatures from Disney Avenue, all in their different art styles. Um, I really like that poster. 
Would you do it for a noose boy snack? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've already hit uh, uh, some backer giveaways. Every 25 backers, there's a new giveaway. So at 25 and 50, uh, one lucky backer will get that sticker set, which is from Galisman number two. It's a bookmarking sticker set. Uh, so, and, and then at 75 backers, someone will get that and this original uh, page right here, pencil and ink page done by Thomas Tikas, who's the main cover artist for the Gallows Man. Nice. Uh, so we already hit that. So one lucky backer will get that. I'll put in the, the random uh, spinner generator and click it and one person will get that. Um, and then, yeah, now we're working towards $3,250. That's the last stretch goal. If we hit that, all physical backers will get a original art uh, sketch card from Helen Bolton, who is the main artist for Gallows Man, and she did the art for Alternate Reality and Acolyte. So that's the next goal we're going towards. Nice. Okay, so you, instead of having tears so much, you do the the levels. Yeah, I have tiers on the right side. That's where that is. I do the levels just to kind of clarify uh, who is eligible for the stretch goals. Because right above that level one thing, mm -hmm. it says level two and higher eligible for stretch goals, basically. Um, that's the main reason I have that in the, oh, okay. that section. So people don't scream about it afterwards. And yeah, yeah. If you got a digital like copy, you're not going to get the stretch goals. Yeah. So level one is the one dollar social media thank you on the on the Facebook and Instagram page. Five dollars uh Disney Avenue number one digital edition, or as I like to call it, the Australian edition. <laughs> that is the thing, is like I, I know I'm like shooting myself in the foot here, but if you live in Are you another... worldwide? I, I do ship worldwide, but oh, you uh, poor bastard! <laughs> I, well, I, I have it priced, but here's the thing: is I, if you don't live in the United States, I recommend getting it digitally, just because you're going to be paying like thirty dollars for shipping. If you really want the books, like physically, that's fine. Get it because there's already been people from Australia, Germany, and Canada that have ordered it. That's completely fine. But um, if you want to read the series and not pay insane shipping prices you you can get it digitally that's that's if you're in another country if you're not in the united states i recommend that if you're in the united states please get it physically um, <laughs> and, and the whole uk thing with well you have to fill out all this paperwork for shipping books to our countries and then you have to pay the taxes on them yeah I'm like we left you how many years ago because we didn't <laughs> want to pay your taxes what makes you think we want to do that now yeah right this is our this is our our tiny bit of revenge for that yeah it's our, like, our tiny little poking you with a, a a toothpick it hurts a little bit but that's all we can do really i know some creators that are dealing with that by uh outsourcing their if they've got enough uh, outsourcing their printing to uh, certain printers in uh, Australia 
and the UK and working it so they can get shipped out from there. That's pretty solid. Yeah, that that I was that like, was wow, we got real quiet in here. What happened? Well, no, I, I was thinking that that's really good for uh, when you're selling like near thousand copies or more. I think yeah. like the uh, the 250 copies of a book, like ordering something like that, is kind of good with stuff like Comics Wellspring and, and mm -hmm. Print Ninja and all that stuff. Yeah, I only got like two you know foreign people on my last campaigns it's like oh yeah i got you this, this <laughs> is the most i've had before i've only i think it's only five or six this time but it's like canada and australia are the main ones and then one germany and this is the first time i've had those countries in the past it's like switzerland and uk so even I though in the Netherlands, I'm actually really stoked really? about that one. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because for me, it's like even though it's like less than ten customers are reading it from all these countries, it's like technically, I'm an international comic creator and I've sold internationally. I can yeah, put that on the go. resume. <laughs> you can, you can. <laughs> X says, "When's the book coming out?" Dismay. Insert left track here. <laughs> <laughs> I will have a book coming out this May of 2023, but it won't be Disney Avenue. <laughs> okay. Well, when's Disney Avenue coming out? This one's already out. You have you have less than two days to to back in. That's the thing is I don't have an online store, so the only way to get it is through the Kickstarter. And right. Right, right so, so you can't get copies of like the gallows man i don't have that online but it is in the add-on section of this kickstarter so you can get your creepy spooky scary stories your twilight zone type stories then to alleviate that you can read your your golden age silver age fun books so there's a balance the funny pages yes and then we'll just borrow some of tanner's uh old uh, Disney books there <laughs> to, to bring us back down to the planet. <laughs> um, $9, you can get Dismay Avenue 1 and 2 uh, Australian editions. Yes, and, and, and that's, that's the one I would recommend for the international audience because that's 100 pages of comics, 9 bucks, and you're not paying insane shipping costs. Yeah. It's just Oh God! And they're like, "But I love our country." <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said Australia, Canada, same place. <laughs> Both run by a bunch of nuts that don't think anybody should have a gun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to disagree. <laughs> uh, level two. $11, yeah. Dismay Avenue, number one, physical edition, or and $12 for Dismay Avenue, two, physical edition. Yeah, the reason the the second one is a dollar more is it's 60 pages as compared to 40 pages. So, so you pay an extra buck for all for that extra content. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You can't beat that, you know. And, and that's the thing is as I go up with my tiers, it's like I'm not trying to play – 
like like trick the customer or whatever but as the tiers go up it's like a bigger bang for your buck because like 25 dollars, you get both those issues signed like both of them are signed um you also get a sticker and bookmark set and you get like a bunch of other stuff to where it's like dang well i'm already paying this i'll, I'll pay like nine extra dollars to get all this other stuff and with that $25, you also get PDF copies. Yeah. So for $25, you can get the PDF copies that Australia would be paying $9 for. <laughs> See, Australia, then, we're punishing you. <laughs> okay. You get the T-shirt for $18. So my first question about the T-shirt, uh, does it come in a size 6X? Uh, I'll have to check with the t-shirt printer. I know it's at least 3X. Yeah, you, it's usually always up to 3X. Yeah, yeah. I, however, like to eat tacos. <laughs> by the dozen. dozen, right? Yeah, by the dozen. And that's the thing is like uh, people can get the t-shirt by itself, which mm -hmm. here's the thing. You're on a comic book channel you should be reading some comics. So, so definitely get the comics and add the t-shirt as an add-on. But if you don't like comics at all, which makes no sense since you're on this channel, but if you don't like right. comics at all, you can just get the t-shirt by itself. Yeah. If you don't like comics at all, you might just be here to heckle us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is fine. As long as you purchase something. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be nice. And, and my wife doing on here. And, and, <laughs> and, and sign up for uh, Tanner's book coming out in 14 days. 14 days. Two weeks to slow the spread. Sorry. Um, didn't need to <laughs> go there. Sure. Uh, and level four, uh, $40 Dismay Avenue 1 and 2 complete bundle, signed physical copies of both books, main cover, signed physical copies of both variant covers. Oh, nice. And uh, the sticker set, PDF copies, as well as the social media, thank you. And, and then $55 is the Dismay retailer bundle. Do you see it? Five copies of issue one and five copies of issue two, both signed. And you can pick, like once once the Kickstarter is over, you can pick how many of the main cover you want, how many of the signed or the variant cover you want for each of those five. And same thing with all the other uh, previous tiers. Like, like, let's say it's the, I just want issue one tier physical. When the Kickstarter is over, I'll send out a... Uh, survey and you choose if you want the main cover or the variant cover so there's that choice with all those tiers now do the retailers have to prove they're retailers no no like that that's the thing is even if you're not a retailer and you just want to stockpile some books that's that's completely fine well i'm i'm thinking you know uh the holidays are coming oh yeah yeah You'd be like yep this is what I, you're getting. I just got <laughs> I got ten different people's Christmas presents. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But you're gonna have to talk to each other during the year now because <laughs> you guys got issue one, and 
your cousins over here could issue too. So you gotta you gotta figure out when you're gonna trade and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And sixty dollar dismay avenue uh creator bundle includes it's, it's the the complete bundle where it's the the two books signed, the two variant cover signed, and all the other stuff with the complete bundle. And then it's uh the PDF copies of the scripts. So you can look at the scripts and learn stuff from it where it's like Oh, like he did good here, or or it's like, this is what not to do. This guy sucks at writing. I'm definitely not going to write like him. This is what not to do. Um, and then also a two-hour Zoom consultation with me, uh, a script consultation where before that Zoom happens, you'll send me your script. I'll read through it, make notes, all that stuff, to where when we're in that two-hour consultation, we're talking about these notes as well as I'm asking you questions, you're asking me questions, uh, just to work out, um, help this script, basically, what, whatever script that you are sending my way. Wow, I just saved 60 bucks. <laughs> and I got it done in an hour. Jeez. <laughs> I'm streamlining this process already. <laughs> and some And some cool stuff, yeah. I dig it. I like I like the uh, I like the painted look. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's got an amazing aesthetic. Yeah, like this page right here when it starts to go all wonky. It just gets crazier because these are just random pages I selected, as except not, the first five. As to not give away the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Although you gave away three quarters of, of the first issue by telling us this actually happened to me at a date in college. <laughs> now we're all trying to figure out how many weeks ago that was. <laughs> Mr. Hinklehorn just looks hilarious. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, that, that thing. <laughs> Have you named this monster yet? Uh, not yet. So, so whatever are some creatures from the Alien franchise, send those my way, and then I'll I'll add some sort of village or or something within it. What was that monster called in that story? Yeah, that was the Red Snapper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get the quick wit from being a strip club DJ for 30 years. So. <laughs> That's right. Until I died, <laughs> I was making money and uh, getting a free show every night. Um, I love this, the title page for Raw Hara, though. Like all the different, all the different colors she used in the, uh, oh, yeah. in the in the painting, just bleeding through. Looks like me on the weekends, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what are you what are you drinking to make all those colors come alive in your living room? <laughs> you know, I'll take a bottle here. <laughs> And for who the bell tolls. 
not for thee. That is a huge playground. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is the dream playground, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think this would be deemed safe in today's world of uh, Karens and. Uh... Well, that story actually. You can see elements here and there takes place in the 90s. The reason I say that is one part, the teacher rolls out a box TV on, on one of those rolling carts. Oh, yeah. Right yeah that's that. definitely not today. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, then I see some kids like literally falling off the slide halfway down to the bottom <laughs> of the page. And I'm like, he wasn't pushed. That girl kicked him in the head. <laughs> Get out of my way, Tommy. Ah, uh, the 90s. It's my turn to burn my ass on the slide. <laughs> yeah, those metal See? slides, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a great cover, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's funny because there's a, there's a park here in Mass, like a small park uh, by the town uh, my daughter and I used to live in. And... Uh, there was like this 20 foot long metal slide. Uh, I think they've taken it out, but you used to have to, you used to have to climb up a cargo net. You know what that's like, Tanner? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you used to, you used to have to climb up a cargo net to get to the top of the slide. Cause it started how, like a good, like 50 feet high. How long did they have the slide there till they got rid of it? Um, I think they just got rid of it the other year, uh, you know, because I guess they said the park was oppressing their kids with, with hot hot pants or something. I don't know. <laughs> Metal slides. I go, yeah, because the plastic slides, you, you go two feet, you stop, two feet, you stop. It, you know, it's like driving behind, you know, somebody's great-grandmother on senior citizen day coming out of the market the hot metal ones though because i remember we had a park where it's like a huge like we didn't have the cargo net climbing that's why i was like holy crap that sounds terrifying for a little kid but uh <laughs> we we had like one of those huge metal slides i just remember going down it on summer days and stopping and getting stuck to it but it was more like my leg was kind of melting on it <laughs> my leg would just get stuck on it because it was so hot and your face would look like this cover. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about your projects and comics in general. And uh, hope you had a good time. And yeah, thanks for having me. Hope yeah, we get you. a couple more backers out of uh, dismay before it goes off to be printed. Heck yeah. So I want to thank you guys once again for coming out. Uh, this episode will be downloaded and then the audio will be uploaded to my podcast platform, which will be available anywhere you can get a podcast. I will uh, I will share it out once it hits my Spotify and, uh, and tag you guys in it. Appreciate it. Sounds good.
Yeah, because Tanner can keep just sharing this out over and over again <laughs> for like the next 15 days. Yeah, we get it. You were on a podcast again. <laughs> hey, did you guys know I was on a podcast? <laughs> I feel like I feel like anyone that's been on any of my social media stuff the past month is just like block like unfollow we're still friends but i don't want to see your comic book stuff every day have you bought it yet no then you need to then see you're going it to every see day it. Yeah, exactly. then you need to see it and when i find out who unfollowed me i'm going to just share it to your page so you're gonna have to actually block me uh, show up with comics and a bag on their doorstep, you know, like a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior Kickstarter? <laughs> and as they're closing the door, I'm just flipping through, like, no, 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 wait, wait, look, 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 wait, wait, no, look, look, oh my god. <laughs> so, don't forget to follow Tanner and Brandon. You sound like like an indie punk band now, Tanner and Brandon. Tanner and Brandon. But you you've only got acoustic yeah. guitars and you're playing in the coffee shop. So no. <laughs> <laughs> we we aren't able to to somehow we're not able to afford electric guitars, but we're playing like hard rock, but it's on acoustic <laughs> guitars and we have the hard rock voices. And we're eventually gonna get kicked out of those coffee shops because that's not a good vibe for coffee shops. Isn't that just Tenacious D? <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of is. Yeah. It's funny. I look like both members of Tenacious D at any given moment. So, you know, it's, it's funny like that. I was actually in like an underground movie called The Complex World. I think I was 15. And it was... It was a scene filmed at a nightclub and I was just like one of the extras in the audience, you know, very nineties thing, you know, colorful button up, you know, multicolored shirt, leather vest, uh, biker fingerless leather gloves. I still had red hair at the time. And well, any here at all doing like this, like in the crowd. Yep, yep. Doing, doing that in the crowd. And there was a band. The guy in the band, the the main guy in the band, was actually the sidekick of the FM radio host from where I grew up. And his his quote unquote name was Rudy Cheeks, and his band was called the Young Adults. They were very much tenacious Diaz. They, they brought this really hot-looking blonde girl in one of those Z Caparici zipper dresses that zipped up and down both sides. Oh, yeah. And he unzipped the back of her dress and screamed this line. And this is the line where you can actually see me for like 0.5 seconds in the, in the front row. Uh, when he screams, prepare to receive my sperm armada. <laughs> what I'm surprised is her name. Why wasn't she named Rudy Cheeks? I think she would have been more deserving of that. You, you would think so, right? Yeah, she kind of had a small butt. 
<laughs> well, it's uh, rude. It's rude that she had a small butt. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> you know, she would have filled out that. But on the other hand, the front side of the dress was filled out very well. Very nice. Because, you know, you as a guy, you make mental pictures of all those things. And then don't mention any of them to your wife ever. Oh, well, you just rename her uh, Busty Rudy. <laughs> yeah. And what happened to you at the end of that? Well, I got drunk because the owner of the club just thought I was old enough and then realized that you're at least 16, right? I go, you're serving beers to me. Drinking age is, is, just went up to 21 that year. I'm like, oh, so it's just that far ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you're worried how old I am now? You've served me 20 beers today. <laughs> yeah, well, you cut off now. I'm like, uh, at least I won't throw up now. Yeah, got yours, you know. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey free, free nightclub beer? Oh, yeah. All day. All day, every day. So hopefully uh, I'll, I'll be talking to Brandon over the next couple of days to uh, to see how he made out with the with the campaign, and uh, we'll be keeping in touch with uh, with Tanner and uh, oh, yeah. his new books coming out. Uh, I do recommend, with all the shadiness going on between Kickstarter and Indiegogo, that y'all end up with your own websites sooner than later. Oh yeah. <laughs> All the, the, the stores and development. Yeah, all the quote unquote <laughs> shadow banning on Indiegogo, which just turns turns out, you know, oh, just a line of code. Oh, we didn't mean to do that. And then two weeks later, they slip in another line of code that does the exact same thing. <laughs> so, and they have no they have no intention of fixing it because they don't care. Yeah, I'm not trying to praise the name of Kickstarter, but that was one of those things where I went to Kickstarter over Indiegogo because it just felt not saying it is this, it just felt more pristine or like legit. Yeah, Indiegogo's legit, but it just feels better. Like, yeah. like it's like it's like I, I guess this is a equivalent. Walmart's not great, but let's just say Kickstarter's Walmart. And then Indiegogo is like the discount Walmart, basically. It's the big lots. Yeah. Dude, I it's love Kmart, lots. basically. Kmart. Kmart. Yes. Oh, Kmart's closed. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I expect it. It will be sooner rather than later. But all right, everybody. Uh, take care. Have a good night, and we'll catch you next week with another new adventure in comic books right here on creators outlet podcast take care take care